Well, again, good morning, everyone. Let's try that again. Good morning, everyone. How many of you have enjoyed the weather that we've had recently? And uh, it's exciting to have a sun over our heads because we have not seen that in a little while. And so uh, we want to welcome the sun. Now, what we're doing as a church family is we are processing through a sermon series that is entitled Covered. Covered. Covered has the concept, has the idea of this God that from the older into the newer testament is a God that covers us. My passion, my goal as a pastor is that you would know God. That we would through scripture, that we would through understanding of what the Bible presents to us, that we would have the opportunity to understand who God is and to know God. I want to say this, and I say this with a sense of just kind of being a pastor. So often, I'm hearing sermons about what God will do for you. I think it's more important at the outset to know God and to come to understand God. Have you ever had a friend that all they were concerned about was what you could do for them? Ever have a friend like that? By the way, don't be one. So the idea would be is that we are looking at this sense of covered. And my passion this morning is, is that through a series of connected relationships in Scripture, you and I would have the opportunity to understand a little bit more about this God who covers us. Now, I will say there's a little bit of technical difficulty, and so one of our texts is going to come out here. Let's give Jonathan a hand as he comes. How many of you don't know much about technology? How many of you are just glad that other people do? Amen. Thank you, Jonathan. You made that look so easy. Give him a hand. But this morning's message, this morning's sermon is entitled, Covered, Baptism, Water, and Spirit. Baptism, Water, and Spirit. Now, the whole concept of covered came to me when I was in Virginia Beach in late spring. I was in Virginia Beach. It was, of course, raining, as it's been doing a lot this summer and this spring, this past spring. And I was underneath the umbrella, and I was going to meet a, another pastor, and as I was walking, I was kind of praying, and I began to experience Virginia Beach. I loved the beach. I loved the mountains more. That's one of the marital discord disagreements that I've had my, with my wife for 26 years. How many of you are beach people? How many of you are mountain people? If you are a beach person, why are you in Charlottesville? <laughs> Simple question, honest answer. I'm a mountain person, love the mountains, but here I am at Virginia Beach, and I'm walking under the umbrella, it's pouring down rain, but the sights, the sounds, and the smells of Virginia Beach are very, very different. 
than the mountain landscape and the smells and the sensory things of the mountains around Charlottesville. So here I am walking and I'm under this umbrella and of course it's raining. And as it's raining, I'm in prayer going to meet this colleague. And I felt like God spoke to my heart and said, this is what I do for you. This is who I am for you. I cover you. I don't quarantine you. I don't put you in isolation. I don't put you in a vault somewhere where you never experience life. You never experience what's going on. No, I'm like this covering, this umbrella that is over your life. And so for the past seven weeks, we have processed through a biblical understanding of covered. Covered. In order to do that, We took a look at some things like the cloud in the Older Testament. We took a look at covered relationally. We took a look at Moses coming face to face with God and how God covered Moses and literally protected Moses' life as he was moving towards coming face to face with God. We looked at covered in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. And then last week, similar to my son's prayer about the spirit of adoption, We took a look at this God who covers us through the Holy Spirit who brings towards us this concept of adoption. And it's through that that we attain the authority, the, I'd say, inheritance through all of those things that God provides for us. But this week, we're going to take a look at covered baptism, water, and spirit. Water and spirit. But I want to begin with a question. I want to begin with a question, and here it is. I want you to think this through. The person I recently reached out to and asked for help is. Who's that person? Or people? Who is that person or people that you recently have reached out to and you've asked for help? Some of you sitting here are going, I can't think of anyone. It's been so long. Others of us are thinking, well, I got a ride to church this morning, didn't I? Called someone up and I asked him for help. But I think one of the things and the concepts that we're going to have as we think about covered baptism water in spirit, I want you to think about someone that you've reached out to for a specific reason in order to get their help. I reached out to two people in the past month and a half. Two people. And the reason why is if you're part of city, you know our theme for the year is health. And getting healthy physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. Well, there are two areas of my life at the age of 54 that I realized I don't know enough about. And I recognize that if I'm going to move towards health, I need help. And so I reached out to two people. Both of them have been friends of mine for many, many years. One of them, I went to their office. They're a professional in a certain area where I need help, and so I went and asked for help. Then another one came to my home in order to help because there's something about my home that I needed help with and still do. And so this individual came and gave me help. 
When I was willing to ask for help, these two people helped me process, they helped me understand some things, and they also helped me to begin to devise a plan of action. So I want you to keep this thought in mind. Who is it that you have reached out to recently and asked for help? Now, in order for all of this to make sense, I'm going to begin to introduce some people to you that the Bible introduces to us. And they are integral to an understanding of baptism, water, and spirit. The first one is a gentleman by the name of John the Baptist. And instead of me telling you about John the Baptist, because I know a lot of people here at City have never read the Bible, you're new to faith, some of you are kind of looking over the wall at faith, you're not really sure what you, you make of all of this, and reading Scripture and knowing this, the people in the Bible is becoming something that you're interested in, you don't know much about. So I'm going to begin by introducing the first of three people to you this morning, and his name is John the Baptist. Now, what we're going to do in order to meet John and understand John is we're going to read straight from Scripture. And so at this time, I'm going to ask us if we would read together from the screen Mark chapter 1, verses 4 through 9. I'll read it out loud if you would read along quietly. Here's what the Bible tells us about this guy. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. In other words, there's actually a national movement that moves towards this guy named John the Baptist. Those people went out to him confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. How many of you are hungry right now? Bugs and honey. Mmm, sounds good. Reading on, and it says, and this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals? I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, who is John the Baptist? John the Baptist is a guy who just sort of appears in the Newer Testament, and here's what's amazing about John the Baptist. His birth story is uploaded to us as much as the birth story of Jesus. Not only that, John the Baptist appears in all four Gospels. If you read any of the Gospels, you're going to encounter John the Baptist very quickly. Why? Well, the reason why is, is that John the Baptist is what we would say is the last of the Older Testament prophets. These men that are raised up by God, these men that are utilized by God to prophesy to the nation of Israel, and oftentimes to prophesy to the king of Israel. Well, John the Baptist is presented to you and presented to me in the Newer Testament as the last of the Older Testament prophets, 
And in the biblical record, there has been no voice for God for 400 years. So all of a sudden, this guy John the Baptist appears on the scene, and when he does, he is preaching in the wilderness. He's preaching in the desert, and all of Jerusalem, and all of the Judean countryside, in other words, the Jews are going out to hear him preach. And when they hear him preach, the Bible says that he baptizes them by the tens of thousands. They are going out to hear him preach. Now here's what we need to know about the word baptize. The word baptize in the original language means to submerge. Not only to submerge, but to saturate. It's not just about kind of the outside, but it's also about kind of having whatever that is move through you sort of like a sponge. In a few weeks, we're going to have a water baptism, and if you've not been baptized in water, you can sign up through your newsfeed today. But the idea is, when you're baptized in water, that you're submerged. And then me as the pastor gets to determine how much sin you have. (laughs) And so some people, it's quick. Other people, you want them to see Jesus while they're being baptized. That's totally not true. But the idea of baptized in the Newer Testament is this sense where you're submerged, you're covered, you're completely overshadowed, and you go under the water, and the Apostle Paul says when you do that, you die with Jesus. And when you come up, you come up into new life, resurrection life, as he did. And here we have John the Baptist out in the wilderness, and he's preaching. And the Bible tells us clearly, and this is key to know, is that his baptism is a baptism in water for repentance. Isn't that amazing? All of these Jewish people who live by 613 laws are pouring out into the wilderness. And as they're pouring out there, they are confessing their sins. They're repenting. They're calling out to God. And by the way, the word repent means to change your mind. It's literally what it means. So it's when I look at my life and I look at God. And I recognize what God says about how a life is to be lived. And then I look at my life. And if my life isn't in alignment with that, and I can tell you, I remember repenting for the first time. I was a preteen boy. And my life, even at that age, I knew was not in alignment with what God was calling me to do and be through Jesus. And so John the Baptist is out there in the wilderness. And the Bible tells us clearly that his baptism is a baptism of repentance. But here's what we need to know about John. John the Baptist could be viewed as we would view Billy Graham. He is so famous that Josephus, this ancient historian, writes about John the Baptist. That he was a nationally known figure. Israel viewed him as a prophet, as a voice for God, someone that God had sent to call the nation back to God. And the nation was moving towards God and preparing for God to do great things. 
All of this was through John and a baptism of repentance. But here's what's amazing, and it's what we just read. I've briefly introduced you to John the Baptist, but John's heart is to introduce you to someone else. And so John says this, and we read this in Scripture earlier in Mark. It says this, After me comes one more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water. And what's John's baptism for? Repentance. And he goes on to say, I baptize you with water, but he, meaning Jesus, will baptize you with or in the Holy Spirit. So it's almost as though John is saying to us this. He's saying this. Guys and ladies, I've got you as far as I can get you. I've got you to the waters of baptism, but now someone else has to take over, and I need you to know who that is. John is saying to the nation of Israel, if you think I'm something, if you think I'm a big deal, if you as a nation are coming out to see me, wait till you meet this guy. And a reason why he's so excited about you and I meeting this guy is because what he will do. And John announces that Jesus will baptize you with or in the Holy Spirit. In other words, John the Baptist points to Jesus. Have you ever had a context where you went to a party and you only knew one person? You ever been there? Now, I love crowds. My wife loves crowds even more. She will go in and she'll meet everyone. She'll know their name, where they were born, um, everything. It's like shocking to me. So you know what I do? If I know I'm going to go in a room where I only know one person, I let her go in first. She's the extrovert. So she goes in, she meets everyone, learns their names, learns all of their stories. And when I walk into the room, I just find her. I don't even need to meet the people. She already has. She knows them all. But the idea is this is that what is wonderful is when you show up at a party, you show up at an event, and someone there knows you, and they begin to introduce you to everyone else. It's a wonderful experience. And what we're experiencing in Scripture now is John the Baptist comes on the scene, and every no, everyone knows John, and now what John is trying to do for you and for me is to say, listen, it's awesome you know me, but let me introduce you to someone else. I want to introduce you to Jesus. And John the Baptist points to him. And as you look on, what you'll soon discover is that John and Jesus meet. When they meet in the Gospels, it's amazing. And here's what the Scripture tells us takes place as they meet. It says that Jesus was baptized by John And when he was coming up out of the water, so John baptizes Jesus. And as Jesus comes up out of the water, Jesus saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. 
In other words, when John and Jesus meet, and Jesus goes through the baptism of repentance, something he did not need to do because he had never sinned. He did it to identify with you and me. That's why he did it. Jesus goes through baptism in water, and as he comes up out of the water, his heavenly Father cheers. And he shouts out, that's my boy. That's him. And I love him. And I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit's up there in heaven going, I want to play too. So the Holy Holy Spirit comes down and flutters and hovers and over kind of arches and covers the event. Isn't that amazing? When John the Baptist meet, God cheers and the Holy Spirit says, I'm in too. And this, by the way, is the clearest example of the Trinity in all of Scripture. It happens at the baptism when Jesus is covered and the Holy Spirit shows up and hovers and covers. And as we read on, what we discover is Jesus then begins to talk about the Holy Spirit himself. So following his baptism, Jesus is moving throughout his ministry, and he begins to now introduce the Holy Spirit. Because you see, John the Baptist points to Jesus, introduces Jesus, and Jesus is now pointing to and introducing the Holy Spirit. Jesus, when he was teaching on prayer, where we learn the Our Father, where we learn the Lord's Prayer, at the end of that basically says this, How much more will your Father in heaven give the, what's next? Holy Spirit to those who will ask Him. Isn't that amazing? That as Jesus teaches on the Holy Spirit, He is introducing, or He's teaching on prayer, He introduces the Holy Spirit and says to you and to me, when you pray, you can ask for the Holy Spirit and God will give Him to you. Shocking. Then, when Jesus is near the end of his ministry, he begins to let his disciples know that he's going to leave. His disciples are getting bummed out. They're getting depressed. And here's what Jesus says to them. Very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. You imagine his disciples hearing that? Jesus, there's nothing good about you going away. As a matter of fact, Jesus, we want you staying right here. Jesus says, oh no, it's actually for your good that I'm going away. And Jesus goes on to say this, unless I go away, the advocate, which is another word for the Holy Spirit, unless I go away, the Holy Spirit will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. And so what ends up happening in Scripture is John the Baptist introduces Jesus, and Jesus is now introducing the Holy Spirit. And here's what's amazing. When you think about the whole idea of being covered, John the Baptist baptizes us in water. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Now, why am I sharing all of this? Because it's important. 
When we think about being covered, when we think about God covering us, it is so important for you and for me that we are open to the Holy Spirit in our lives. As a matter of fact, here's what Jesus says just before he leaves his disciples. He says this. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, overshadows you, rests on you, covers you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit overshadows you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and in Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. Here's what's pretty cool about that. Wherever you go, the Holy Spirit's there too. In other words, when I move towards Jesus and I say yes to Jesus, what Jesus announces to every disciple is this. You're going to receive power and the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And when he does, he will transform you. And as you're being transformed, you won't go and witness for Jesus. You will literally be one. Now, when we look at this, how do we put feet to our faith? How is it that we go from meeting John the Baptist and he's so excited to introduce us to Jesus and Jesus is so excited to introduce the Holy Spirit to us? How do we move through this? How do we process through this? You've got John the Baptist, you've got Jesus Christ, and you've got the Holy Spirit. Now, how do I put feet to my faith? Well, I put feet to my faith in the following way. First of all, repentance of sin. Have you ever sinned? If you have any doubt and you're married, ask your spouse. They'll tell you. Where we begin putting feet to our faith is the idea of repentance of sin. And as we repent of sin, the next thing that we move towards is putting faith in Jesus. And then, as Scripture announces to us, we have the ability to be asking for the Holy Spirit to be active in our lives. As a matter of fact, here's a question. Will you ask the Holy Spirit for help? Do you know that helper is one of the names of the Holy Spirit that's given in the Newer Testament. Helper. I'm going to encourage all of us. I'm going to challenge all of us to be a group of people who put feet to our faith and we begin to understand how God covers us. Is that we are a group of people who are open to and ready to asking the Holy Spirit for help. Jesus said, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to him or to her who would ask? You know what else the Scripture says? We have not because we ask not. I want to encourage us. I want to challenge you. Maybe faith is something that is brand new to you. One of the most powerful things you will ever come to understand is the idea that God covers us. God overshadows us with the Holy Spirit. 
But much like water baptism, the Holy Spirit's activity in our life is something that we accept, something that we ask for, something that we move towards. And my passion for you as the pastor of City is that every single one of us would be experiencing the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because as the Holy Spirit is invited in, and we ask the Holy Spirit to be a part of who we are and what we're doing, we literally have the third person of the Trinity working in us and working through us. Would you stand with me at this time? And what I would like for us to do for the next moments as we stand into God's presence is that we would take a moment to be a group of people that pray, that we would pray for, that we would ask for the Holy Spirit to cover us, to overshadow us. And here's how important this is and how powerful this is is that when Jesus in Acts 1-8 says to us as disciples and the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. It's the exact same Greek word that the angel gives to Mary when he announces to her when the angel tells her, Mary, the Holy Spirit, it's the exact same word is going to overshadow you. And Mary, you will discover that you will conceive of the Son of God. Acts 1.8 says the same thing to you and to me, that the Holy Spirit is here to cover us, to overshadow us. As we move towards worship, if you know that you've been battling the Christian life alone, if you know that as a follower of Jesus, you've kind of moved towards John the Baptist, maybe you've even been baptized in water, you've moved towards Jesus, but I want you to notice that Jesus wants you to understand and to meet the full working of the Holy Spirit. Let's worship together. And as we do, let's be open to the Holy Spirit's work and let's ask for the Spirit of God to work in our hearts and to work in our lives. Let's worship together.
close out our time let's close our eyes in God's presence if you're comfortable doing so just kind of put your hands up over your heart as a sign of your openness to the spirit of God The Holy Spirit in Scripture is the person of the Trinity that always brings life. I've had the clearest sense this morning that there are some of us that we need life. We desperately need life. We need the strength of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to touch us and to fill us and to give us strength. as we move towards the conclusion of our service I want to encourage you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to touch you and to give you strength that Jesus is the baptizer gives good gifts and his goal his prayer his passion is for you and I to be covered by the Spirit of God Jesus, we lift our lives up to you and we pray that you would touch us, that you would touch us through the sending of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you would work deeply in my life, that you would work deeply in the lives of every man and every woman that's here. From those of teenage years all the way up into the seniors of years, Holy Spirit, touch us. Holy Spirit, fill us. Holy Spirit, bring to us the life of Jesus and the strength and the peace and the courage to live out this life. 
Jesus, thank you for sending us the Spirit of God. That wherever we go, wherever we're at, you are there with us. Lord, as we're in this auditorium, we pray for people that you would now bring to mind that need the Holy Spirit. Jesus, in prayer, we lift them before you and ask that those people too would sense the present working of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. And those people too would experience life. Lord, thank you for who you are to us. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. As we conclude our time together, if you would like to stay in worship, I'm going to invite you to do that. If you would like individual prayer, our life group leaders and our prayer team members are now moving to the sides and down front. They'll be here to pray with you and to pray for you. I also wanted to make one brief announcement is that next Sunday morning, Professor Ken Elzinga will be preaching here at City. Ken's a good friend of mine and he'll be here sharing. For those of you who are part of UVA, are familiar with Ken. But at this time, if you would like to slip out quietly, I invite you to do that. And let me give you the blessing. May the Lord bless us. May the Lord keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us. May the Spirit of God hover over us. And Lord, give us your peace. We pray these things in Jesus' name. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.